What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from the NFL in 2020. And, well, I guess 2021 also, but they always count the years, the one that just went by. If you're listening to this, it's probably Friday morning. We normally release on Wednesday. You're probably asking yourself what's going on. Well, if you listen to this past episode, episode 111, there's a lot of news coming out of the NFL season, the regular season. So we decided to do two separate episodes, one covering the news to wrap up the, the regular league year, and then a playoff uh, prediction episode along with our award selections for the uh, 2020 season. So this is that episode. Uh, we we weren't sure that we could actually get enough good content in or we'd have too much good content if we tried squeezing all into one episode. And we figured we'd rather break it up. Uh, that way you could hopefully listen to both. But if you'd rather one or the other, you could have your preference. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, we're going to get to awards first, and then we'll break down our playoff predictions. So we have, uh, let's see, we have seven awards. We have MVP, obviously, Offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Year, Offensive and Defensive Players of the Year, uh, Coach of the Year, and Comeback Player of the Year. We're going to start with Coach of the Year. And I'm going to let my, my co-host here, Ben, go first. What do you got? Uh, I don't think it's it's a no-brainer. And obviously, there's other great candidates. But I think Ron Rivera is going to win it, no no doubt. Riverboat Ron. He had a shit show to begin with. <laughs> At best. And then throughout the season, quarterback changes, quarterback controversy. Dismissing a top draft pick in a quarterback and then, obviously, the end of the season, kind of not backdooring into the playoffs, but basically the Eagles acquiescing to the red, not red, Washington football team. That's okay. Uh, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth did it, I think, six times the other day on the broadcast. So you're you're still a couple behind them. <laughs> um, I just think I just think everything he's had to deal with, and then on top of that, yeah. The biggest uh, part getting getting through uh, chemotherapy for his cancer treatment. Uh, dude was to, dude was getting IVs at halftime, just so he could be alert enough to coach the rest of the game. I just I just don't think there's any other uh, coach in the, in the NFL that deserves it better than him. There are other qualified candidates who did great jobs, moved their franchises in a direction they've never been in. Uh, but I think he just. Deserve the most. Yeah, if you've listened to this episode, you know that my my uh, my appreciation and admiration for Coach Ron Rivera. I don't hide it. I think he's great. I think he's the best thing that's happened to that Washington franchise in a long time. Quite frankly, I think he's too good for Daniel Snyder. I don't think Daniel Snyder deserves a a coach with uh, the decency and class of Ron Rivera with his organization, but he has him. And uh, it was tough for me to not pick Ron Rivera. Uh, because of all the all the reasons you mentioned, I went with, however, Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns. This is an organization that has made losing an art form, and uh, even the year they drafted Baker, they ended up starting him a couple games into the season. I'm not sure how many. It was, it was more than a few. They start him. He does great. Everyone thinks year two with Freddie Kitchens. This guy's going to take off. The franchise is going to go where they thought it was going to go when they drafted Baker Mayfield. 
and they had a very disappointing year. Baker was inconsistent because his head wasn't in the right place. He was always worried about something else. We're too worried about his doing his commercials and everything like that. He was getting receivers hurt the way he was throwing the ball. Stefanski comes in, stabilizes that team, gets them focused on winning, changes the culture completely around from what it was. Look, they started the season with a pretty demoralizing loss to a Baltimore Ravens team, and then they turned it around. Yeah, they've had flashes of the old Browns there in this season. They won 11-5. and five. Quite frankly, they very easily, if it wasn't for the heroics of Lamar Jackson, beat Baltimore that second time and been 12-4. and four. This guy did not let them slip back into old Browns mode whenever things were going you know, in the opposite direction they wanted it to. He had them collect themselves and let them do an 11-5 record, the first playoff berth in almost 20 years. I, I just think when it comes down to on the field, I, I love Rivera. I really do. I think the emotion of the cancer treatment plays a big part into him being uh, you know, a recipient of that award. He'll probably get it, to be completely honest with you, and I have no problem with that. But if you're talking on the field stuff – such a a culture that needed to be switched in Cleveland. And to go from what they did, to go from being inconsistent, to go from being what they were to a couple years ago, 0-16, to, I mean, being, you know, 11-5 and and a few plays away from being 12-4 and and at times looking like one of the better teams in the league is pretty incredible, and he deserves a lot of credit for it because this didn't come from Freddie Kitchens. This came from the the mentality he installed when he showed up. So, for me, it's Kevin Stefanski, but the the the, the Ron Rivera fanboy in me wants wants it to be Rivera, but I think it's Stefanski. All right, where do you want to go next? Uh, comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year. Uh, I mean, is there really <laughs> sticking with that Washington football team? Is there any other story than Alex Smith? And I, and I, when it first started, I was just like. He didn't do anything. And this was weeks ago. Like when he first came back and he had one game, it's like, can we pump the brakes? I know there's not really like a clamoring for anybody else, but can we wait? And then we get through the whole season. Couple starts. Wills his way wills his team along with Ron Rivera to the playoffs. And of course I'm at uh, I'm referencing Alex Smith, quarterback for the Washington football team. I just uh, there's no other really options. No, no. So that's my choice. Yeah, that's that's, that's it for me too. I mean, it, this guy had what was it? Some like like seventeen surgeries in a nine month span. He damn near lost his leg. There was legitimate concern that his life could be in jeopardy with the infections that could have come from that broken leg. It was brutal for him to spend almost two years away, if not longer than two years. Uh, similar to a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And, and to come back from all that, not only play, but to make a difference on the field. The way this isn't just a good, a good, uh, a feel good award. Yeah. Like Alex Smith has earned this award. Like you said, when he first came back, he was like, okay, that's good. He got back on the field. Congratulations for him. Does he step on the field once and then walk away? Like, you know what I mean? Is he, is he yeah. going to play a few downs and then just retire just to say he came back? And then, you know, he stated too, he doesn't know if he plays past this year. He said a few times that this might, this might be it for him. It may just not be physically able to do it anymore. But he has this year, and he has this to be proud of, and he came back and he made an impact. And he, along with Coach Rivera, 
good young players like Antonio Gibson and, and Logan Thomas and uh, um, uh, the receiver. My God. Oh, Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. I'm such a big fan of the guy, and I, I can't remember his name. They've done a lot along with Chase Young on defense to change the entire culture of that team. Rookie of the year, we're going to go defensive rookie of the year. I don't think it's um, – you know, they, there's, there's competition for sure. Sure. Uh, I looked at it. Obviously, I've, I flipped from Chase Young to begin of the year to midway. I went to Patrick Queen. I just want to point out I had Patrick Queen the whole way. I uh, correct. Uh, I stuck with Patrick Queen. Uh, I looked at Jeremy Chin real quick. He had a, a great year, but it was tackles. Lots and lots of tackles as a safety. And, and Chase Young had the impact, but I think overall – on the defense, I think Patrick Queen had a much greater impact on that Baltimore Ravens team, especially with the ability of that offense that really didn't shine like it did last year. I think it was more important to have that middle linebacker kind of settle in and, and take over that, you know, that C.J. Mosley, that Ray Lewis kind of mold of linebacker. And I think that's what he's done. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like I said, he was my pick from the very beginning. I didn't waver on that. Uh, there are some picks I changed in here, but just a few in here that I have from the beginning that I just stuck with because, you know, I have bank or tank, bank or tank will show you. You know, I'm a little ahead of the curve. Okay. When it comes to when it comes okay. to you know picking these things. No, in all seriousness, though, I mean he's he's got the potential to be the next great Ravens linebacker, like you mentioned, C.J. Mosley, Ray Lewis. You know, an all time great. I think actually past episodes, I uh, I actually picked Ray Lewis as my number one defensive player ever, just because I I saw him take over games like I saw no, like nobody else could. Uh, yeah, so I mean, sixty six tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles, an interception, and I don't remember whether it was an interception or a fumble, but I know he had a touchdown, something returned for a touchdown. I think it was a fumble recovery, but this guy for a rookie, you know, to pick up a defense that's not exactly. You know, it's not like you're walking on to a, you know, Pop Warner team or a, a local, you know, YMCA team understanding a defense they're trying to play. This is Baltimore Ravens. This is complicated. This is a very uh, thorough defense. And Patrick Queen looked like a star right out of the gate. And it was either him or Chase Young for me. And I just, I think he made more of a direct impact. Yeah. So. Offensive Rookie of the Year, I don't think – I think we agree again. There are a few we disagree on, I promise, but uh, – well, besides Coach of the Year. But, uh, yeah, for – I mean, it's Justin Herbert. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was looking like Joe Burrow, and it was close between Burrow and Herbert. And then Burrow went down, and Herbert just kept rolling. Obviously, Justin Herbert, 4,300-plus passing yards, 31 touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns. I think he had 10 picks. Not bad for a rookie learning new system. This guy, man, it, if things end up holding up and Burrow looks like as good as he's going to be and Tua keeps struggling, this could be a situation down the road. You don't know. It's been one year where the Dolphins go, oh, man. Mitchell Trubisky themselves. We could have had Mahomes or Watson and we took Trubisky. Oh, man, we could have we could have had Herbert and we took Tua. I mean, we'll see. I think Tua's going to be good. But this kid, this kid is something special. Yeah, I was I – was... Skeptical of him. I saw him play at 
Oregon, and it just seemed like they couldn't bring out the talent that clearly the Chargers were able to. And that's, again, why I I hearken back to our, our discussion last episode about why they let Anthony Lynn go. It's like, you, you took a talent like this and got in less than 16 games, more than what the Oregon Ducks got out of them in three-plus years. So, uh, great job by Justin. I think Justin Jefferson could have been a great candidate, a wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. James Robinson was obviously on the list. And as you pointed out, Joe Burrow was on that list until he went down. So mm-hmm. it's a great rookie class on the offensive side. And we're missing a lot of players, but there is a lot to like about this. Chase Claypool was making a, a push midway through the season and he just couldn't quite maintain it. But Justin Herbert will definitely run away with this. So defensive rookie of the year, uh, defensive, sorry, defensive player of the year. I think this is where we're going to differ. Yes, we do differ on this one. And I chose Xavier Howard, cornerback of the Miami Dolphins. He had 10 picks. And I know they didn't make the playoffs, but he made a great impact on that team. And for all the shade I threw at the Miami Dolphins for giving the money to Byron Jones, who I still think is overpaid and not worth it. I think it helped having him on the team. Another uh, talented cornerback, I will give him that credit, uh, benefited Davian Howard to be have opportunities. The, the team they built, the defense they built through the veterans um, that they brought in, the veterans that are on the team, the, the rookies that they brought in, second-year players that they had, I think his impact on that team made it viable for them to have a chance, even with Tua in and out, Fitzpatrick in and out. It just it just gave that team a little extra impact player, and I think Xavier Howard made that kind of impact. And I'll say this much. I think if it isn't for um... – isn't for Alex Smith. Xavier Howard's probably comeback player of the year. Yeah. I don't think people remember because he played at such a high level this year, but Xavier Howard played four or five games last year and then suffered a season-ending injury. So if it wasn't for Alex Smith and all he went through in that great story, Xavier Howard's easily not only potentially defensive player of the year, but comeback player of the year. So, you know, he's, he's quite a year. I picked my guy. I picked, you know, uh, they are way too early awards. I think that was after week four or five, yeah. then our midway point, and then slightly after. I think this is the fourth iteration of this we've done this year, third or fourth. I've had the same guy the entire time. If I was building a defense, he'd probably be my first pick. And that's TJ Watt, linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, just due to the position he plays, not a high tackle total. I think he had 53 total, 15 sacks. Seven passes defended, which, you know, for a pass-rushing linebacker is, is pretty damn impressive. Uh, he had an interception, two forced fumbles. Easily one of the most disruptive forces in the league, easily, especially when he has all the talent around him. The, the Steelers suffered massive defensive losses this year, especially 
on that front seven. And maybe a game, game and a half, TJ Watt kind of struggled a little bit, if that. And then he just made his adjustments and went right back to terrorizing quarterbacks. This guy's a game changer for me. I mean, I won't say it's easy because there's a few guys out there that really could have challenged him. But I picked this guy at the beginning of the year. I'm going to stick with him. He finally, after I thought he should have got it last year, is finally going to get his Defensive Player of the Year award. Offensive Player of the Year, I think after this past weekend, is a little bit easier uh, with this guy breaking a record. Or not breaking a record, but doing something very few have done. Talking, of course, about Mr. Derrick Henry running back for the Tennessee Titans, joined the 2,000-yard club, one of only eight men to ever break the 2,000-yard rushing barrier in a season. Uh, he's unstoppable. Like I said last episode, that, that stiff arm of his is nuclear. I mean, he'll just send you into the – he'll send you into the, onto the practice field with that thing. He's a beast. He can take over a game. 2,000-plus rushing yards. 17 rushing touchdowns, not much of a threat at all in a receiving game, but he's so good on the ground. When he gets rolling, forget it. Like if, if if the Titans are up and Henry's running the ball successfully, they're not losing that game unless it's the AFC Championship game and they forget how to use them. Just a for instance. Um, I have to agree. Eric Henry is the option at Offensive Player of the Year. Great season. 2,000 yards is nothing to sneeze at. A lot of great options. Could have went Mahomes. Could have went Devontae Adams. Could have even looked at Deshaun Watson. But I think I think the 2,000 yards as, as a milestone for, as you put, eight players now achieving, I think that's, I think that's something to say. Uh, especially in a day and age where, as we discussed last episode, not a lot of running going on. No. So, and his team made the playoffs and won the division. Right. Like he car- he helped. I mean, literally carry them to that. So, I mean, he's not just out getting stats on the team that isn't winning. So, our NFL MVP, or at least mine is, but I think we agreed on this one too. Yeah. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers. Quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, he kind of basically took this away from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I had Mahomes. I had Mahomes all year until the last two weeks, and they had somewhat similar numbers. I mean, one stat could compensate for another stat. It was kind of in the air. I went with Mahomes because I think if you take both those guys off of their team and you put you know, a backup in, I think the Packers with the running game – and with Devontae Adams, are much better off than the, the Chiefs would be without Mahomes. I know Tyree Kill is super talented and fast, but they're, he and Mahomes are special because of the connection they have together. Right. Um, so, I mean, but, yeah. I, I mean, the numbers are just – I've read everybody else's numbers. You can go ahead and read off Rodgers. But, I mean, I, 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 I tried giving it to anybody else, not because of any – Dislike of Aaron Rodgers, although I do think when things aren't good, he's a bit of a crybaby. But that's most star quarterbacks, so that's okay. You know, whatever. Talented player, hell of a season. He deserves it. Historic year. No other way to put it. Yeah. No other way to put it. 
And this is without his star stud receiver for a couple of games, too. And he still found a way to put the numbers up he did. I mean, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. And three rushing touchdowns. That's compensating for or accounting for over 50 touchdowns. That's crazy. 70% completion percentage. Yeah, it's nuts. Nothing to sneeze at. I mean, he just got over 4,000 yards passing, 4,200. But he has a pass rating of 121.5. Yeah, for like, a season. That is insane. For a season. That's the entire season. How good was Justin Herbert this year? You know what his passer rating was? A little under 99. Like, we, we got a lot of players. Like You look at it. Tom Brady had 102. Russell Wilson, 105. Um, our, um, Josh Allen, who was making a push. Let's, let's not forget about him. He made a push. 107. I'm sorry. One twenty-one. That is that is insane numbers right there. So there's really no other option. Aaron Rodgers will will get the award. Um. But will that trans translate into a championship? Uh, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get so it right now. let's let's. I just want to say on Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I had Mahomes until the last few weeks, uh, but he had ten more touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, one fewer interceptions, which when you're talking about that low number, really whatever. And he had fewer pass attempts, so he did more with less attempts. So I mean, it, it's got to be Rodgers. If it's not, um, something's wrong with the system. I'll tell you what, though, State Farm's pretty excited right now. Oh yeah. Because they they're repping both those guys, and those are both those those are the only two, with the exception of an outside shot by Josh Allen, like you said. Oh. Trust so, me, they're getting ready. Yeah, they're getting. Yeah, State Farm's getting that Josh Allen check ready, so they can make sure they can make sure they got him locked up next year too. They'll have uh, well, they got the Rogers rate and the Patrick Price. They're going to have the Allen average or something like that. <laughs> All right, playoffs. That's what this whole episode's about. We're uh, about twenty four minutes in now, 22, 23 minutes in. So we're gonna we're gonna get into it. We're gonna break down uh, the. Uh, we're gonna get more. We're gonna break down more of the games that are actually occurring. Yeah, and then we'll we'll you know we'll give you our winners, uh, what we believe will happen, how it'll play out, all the way to the end. And we have these printed out. They're not laminated, but they are printed out. So we'll we can't we can't take our pencil and erase them, and they're they're on they're on audio too. So we can't we can't go back and change it and hide. Nope. So we're gonna make our picks. Like I said, we're gonna break down the games that are actually occurring, and then. How we think it'll play out, we'll, you know, we'll give a reason why. We're not going to deep dive into a mythical game until we know it's real. AFC. Hey, I'm going I'm to call it right now. The Chiefs are making it to the second round. There you go. There you go. There you go. Folks, hashtag analysis. Tell all your friends. I that's the kind of stuff that's going to win us awards. And and you know what? I'm going to go out on them. I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> Hot take. So we're, we're already on the same page. Jumping on that bandwagon. So... When we look at the two seed and the seven seed, I mean, that's the Buffalo Bills, respectively, and the Indianapolis Colts. Who are you looking at in this game to be a difference maker? Uh, I mean, what it's what it's pretty much been all year for the Bills. It's it's got it's going to be Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. They got John Brown involved last game. So that's more bad news for opposing defenses. Cole Beasley's no schmuck. Uh, and they've the Bills have started to run the ball better. Josh Allen hasn't had to run that much this year, considering, like he did last year. 
he's teams happier to stand back and throw it. For the Colts, dude, it's all about Jonathan Taylor. It's all if the Colts have any chance to win this game, Taylor has to take over a game like Derrick Henry. They cannot put it in Phillip Rivers' hands. If they put this game in Phillip Rivers' hands, they may as well just not even show up at the stadium on Sunday or Saturday. They play on Saturday. I don't remember what day they're playing. But it's Saturday or Sunday. Either way, if it's up to Phillip Rivers, like the least clutch good quarterback ever, <laughs> it's not <laughs> happening. Forget it. Forget it. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on all that assessment. Um, and also, if it turns into a running game, it's going to favor – and I mean, when I mean running game, I mean an actual running game, not Josh Allen running the ball. It's going to be Jonathan Taylor running over the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and I would be concerned if I were the Buffalo Bills. I'm not saying they have a leaky defense. I'm just saying if, if Jonathan Taylor takes over this game, as, as much progress as – the tandem of Zach Moss and, and Devlin Singletary have made. Jonathan Taylor, by himself, can carry that team to a playoff victory. Sure. I think. At least in the first round. And it will be uh, 1 o'clock on, on Saturday. Oh, it is Saturday. Okay. But, but I think I like the defense that Buffalo has built. And I think they can absolutely keep Phillip Rivers in check. I um, average defense can. And I think this defense will absolutely have no problem doing it. Between Jordan Poyer, Tredavious White, Terrell Edmonds, and just the way Sean McDermott has that defense running, it, the one concern would be is if they feed the rock to Jonathan Taylor and he has success and sustained success throughout the game, and as you put it out, put it, they take the ball away from Phillip Rivers and give it to Jonathan Taylor almost exclusively, I think we look at a 10-7 potential victory. You could see for Indianapolis Colts. I don't see that happening, though. No, I don't either. But, I mean, let's not forget Naheem Hines. He's been very good, uh, you know, complimentary back to Jonathan Taylor this year and even did very well when Taylor was out a few games. So that running game for Indy is great. If you Like, like we both just said, if you put it in the running game's hands, you're in good shape because taking a lot of time off the clock, that really, really good to, I'd say, borderline great. It kind of fell off a little bit towards the end of the year, but they were real good most of the season, that indie defense. If you let them stay rested on the sideline and you're running the ball and you're moving it against the Bills and you're successful and you're putting up points, Bills are going to have a very disappointing day. But much like you, I don't see it playing out that way. Right, it'll be the Bills. I think it's – yeah, absolutely – I think it's a good game in the first half. I think the Bills do what they've done the last couple weeks and they pull away because the second they the second the Bills get up, you're gonna have Phillip Rivers thinking he's Brett Favre, thinking he's the old gunslinger, and he's gonna start turning the ball over. He's gonna forget about Jonathan Taylor. I just I don't see if you had a different quarterback on this team, yeah, that could actually sit back and do the smart thing in a clutch situation. I'd say this is going to be this is a, this is a pick 'em. This is a toss up. Flip a coin and it's probably going to stay stuck in the air, you know, <laughs> levitating in the air. But with Philip Rivers back there, I have zero faith in him. He's never won a playoff game. Oh, that's not true. No, he's won. He's some. won a couple, but it's been it's been a long. I think he won one actually. Uh, the year they faced the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, they they were uh, 
think they were the two seed that year. So they only had to play one playoff game. They played one and they won to get there and then they lost. Rivers did play despite having a messed up knee. So I give him credit. He's a tough player, but he's not clutch. No. And he will not be here. And Josh Allen and the Bills are gonna they're gonna roll on around two. So we're looking at uh the three seed Pittsburgh Steelers against the six seed Cleveland Browns. I said that. Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs. Yeah. They almost lost to the Steelers uh practice squad this past weekend, but they, they pulled through. So so they almost lost to the B squad. And now the A squad's back on the board. How is this game going to turn out? You know, it, it's it's funny. I think this is this has the makings of one of those games where it's going to be the opposite of what people think. The Browns came in in a must-have game, in a must-win game, and barely beat Mason Rudolph. And well, let's face it. Besides Mason Rudolph, the majority of. Uh, the offense that had been in there all year was in there Okay. for for the Steelers. The receivers were all in there. James Conner's been in and out all year, so him not playing wasn't really – I don't think he played. I didn't see him. I saw a lot of uh, McFarlane, I believe. So, I mean, and Mason Rudolph is no Ben Roethlisberger. That's obvious. But, I mean, he, he had a good game. He threw for 300 yards. He threw, you know, I think three touchdowns, two or three touchdowns. That's the kind of performance that's going to make people go, there's no way – when Big Ben's back next week, they are going to torch the Browns. Well, it's a little bit different. Now you don't have the pressure of, oh, we have to make this. Now you have a Browns team that for the for the middle part of the season was one of the better teams in the league by far. And they have the best running back tandem in the league. If the Browns go in and they run the ball, like there's, like they should, like that offense should run right through Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt behind him, and that opens up the passing game for Baker Mayfield, who, by the way, will have his receivers back after you know missing you know missing the Jets game. They came back for this game. Everything was a little bit off. They'll be back, pumped up. Sunday night game, playoffs. If the if the Browns can't get up for this game, they're just never going to win another playoff game ever. Right. That's it. Like they. This is not going to play out the way people think it is where the Steelers steamroll them. I have Cleveland winning this game. I picked the Browns to win this game because the Steelers have proven that they can they can fold against anybody. Washington beat them when they were undefeated. They looked awful the next two weeks. And then they, they barely came back and beat Indy. So this is not a team that's got this locked up by any stretch. The Browns can win this game. And I look at this. And I'm picking the Steelers barely. It's because I don't know what's going to go on with this. Um, who's going to play? Because who's going to be on the COVID list? It looks like their head coach might not be eligible to be there, which is a factor. Sure. Um, that being said, there is the Buffalo Bills, the Indianapolis Colts, the Tennessee Titans, and the Baltimore Ravens. All in this playoffs, who run the ball very well. The Steelers are terrible at um, run defense, terrible, and it and it started with Devin Bush going down, and then Bud Dupree going down. But and I I crapple over Bud Dupree, 
but he's still a talented linebacker. And then Devin Bush's backup goes down and another linebacker. So it's basically just TJ Watt and the defense linemen who are good, but not as good when you don't have those talented linebackers because that's what the defense of the Pittsburgh Steelers is all about is the front front three plugging those holes and the, and the linebackers making the play. Well, if you don't have those playmaker linebackers, then your defense is going to leak. So it might be a win, a squeak out a win against the Cleveland Browns, but it's going to be a short visit for them. Yeah, if if they do, they don't they don't get past Buffalo or anybody or anybody. Certainly not Kansas City. Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention that um, when I started discussing this game, uh, my coach of the year, who I just said uh, candidate uh, winner, excuse me, Kevin Stefanski, uh, tested positive for COVID. As of right now, they're saying he's not eligible to coach this game because there isn't enough time for him to have the required uh, quarantine and then successive days of negative tests he he uh tested positive as well as two other coaches and two players including a starting offensive lineman so i don't think this is going to hurt the browns negatively i think this is a guy that came in and solidified them and it's going to be like a win one for the gipper kind of thing okay they're all going to play their ass off for him so he has a chance to coach next weekend uh that of course is a nice story but we know you know Story and reality are often very different, but I think this is really going to motivate the Browns players. Special teams coach, uh, I have his name here somewhere. I, I forgot, but uh, was it uh, C, uh, uh, Pfeiffer? Mike Pfeiffer. Mike Pfeiffer um, is going to do, take over as the uh, the head coaching duties while Kevin Stefanski is out. So I think this is going to be a fire one underneath the Browns. You know, it could work opposite, and they could show up and look like, look like the bad news bears for all I know, but I don't think so. I think this is a different Browns team, and I think it's going to motivate them, and I think they beat the Steelers and surprise they had a lot of people. Chubb and Hunt are going to be the biggest factors of this game. That is, There is no doubt. If Nick Chubb doesn't have 20 to 25 carries, they're, do, they're, not, they're not even trying to win. Right. He needs to carry this team literally and figuratively. So I would say this is going to be – Possibly the biggest matchup of the weekend. The one that's what I was gonna say. I think this is my game of the weekend personally. This is this is so close because the number four seed Tennessee Titans, I think have made progress over last year. Agree or disagree? Oh, I totally agree with that. Conver- on, every, on just about every level. And conversely, the number five seed Baltimore Ravens have um, receded from last year. Yes, Slightly. Yes, but they've been better the last month. They've been Lamar has looked like Lamar the past month, so that's a plus. Okay, well, I think there's going to be a repeat of last year, and Derrick Henry's going to run all over the Baltimore Ravens. I understand Patrick Queen uh, as an addition, and I just think that's not going to be enough. I, I know they have Calais Campbell, they have Yannick and Jaku. It's just not it's just not enough. Well, in reality, it hasn't been enough all year. They've struggled to they've struggled to defend the run all season. So I don't know why that would stop now when you get the, the most physical running back in the game in there. Um so you have I'd say 
safe to say you have the Titans winning. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you said repeat of last year. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, they repeat. This is a repeat of last year, unfortunately, for the Ravens. Uh, I agree, and I feel weird saying that because before the season, I said the Ravens were the most complete team in the league, and it'd be hard pressed to find anyone to beat them. I said they could be fourteen and two, fifteen and one, and they proved that while they're a very good team with a lot of really good components, they're not at that elite level yet. And uh, yeah, they're they're coming in as the five seed. I think. Pretty much what you just – we don't got to spend a whole lot of time on this one because that's pretty much what you just said. I think they hand the ball to Derrick Henry 25 times and he runs for a buck 50 and a few touchdowns. And I think it'll be a close game. It's not going to be – I'm not saying, you know, Titans win 40-10. to 10, But I think it's going to be one of those where the Titans win and the score is a lot closer than the game actually was. So. Yeah. So, huge stretch here. Huge stretch. We're going to shift over the NFC. We're going to do that or we're going to finish up the AFC first? What do you want to do? I was I was thinking we just do the... Just uh, do all down the line and then do go... Do the wild card weekend and then we progress. All right. Sounds good. Um, so we're shifting to the NFC and um, ready for this uh, blockbuster move. I think I know where you're going. Uh, yeah. Uh, Green Bay Packers, second round. Lock it up. I like my Chiefs prediction, huh? And everybody out there listening is like, listen to these morons right now, huh? <laughs> I'm going to turn this show off. So we're going to shift uh, the number two, New Orleans Saints, going up against the number seven, Chicago Bears. The I, Bears. I didn't think they would actually be here, but here we are. I don't think they did either until about, I don't know, 4.30 the other day. Do the Bears have a chance? Oh, Absolutely. I don't think they win, but they have a chance. Like it wouldn't like I, I don't want to spoil it, but I don't I don't have the Saints being eliminated in this game. Uh but this is the kind of of, of sleeper game, kind of like the Browns and Steelers. Yeah. Where it's like they have the right components to beat you if they execute properly. The Bears defense is not to be, you know, it's not a joke. And Especially, look, it's looking like the, the Saints will have uh, Evan Kamara off, off the COVID list. But who knows? I mean, they say he's asymptomatic. Right. So even if, if he's back, he should be 100% and he should be fine if he's not feeling any effects. But what if he actually did feel effects for a couple of days and he's kind of worn down and tired? You want a, you want a tired anybody going against Khalil Mack in that defense? Hell no. Uh, I mean, they're not the monsters of the midway, but they're still a, a very stout defense. And then Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas was on IR. He should be eligible to come off this week. They they wanted him back for the playoffs. But who knows? I'll tell you what. If this team doesn't have Kamara and Michael Thomas, the Bears go in there and they win that game. Well, now, I, I'm banking my predictions mm-hmm. on the fact that the, the Saints have those two players back. And Drew Brees is another week healthier. He's looked much better also. So... The Bears absolutely can win this game. I don't think they will, but they can. I'm going to go to a limb. I'm going to call a Chicago Bears win on this one. Nothing to do with Mitchell Trubisky. I, I think the defense is going to disrupt the Saints enough. And I just don't – there's something about the Saints this year, even, even being the number two seed. There's just something about the Saints that makes me think they're – they're just not going to be enough this year. Like, they have something missing, or they just haven't gelled appropriately. Drew Brees is out. Michael Thomas is out. 
Alvin Kamara having a great season, but now he's on COVID right now, maybe coming back. It's just it just seemed like a disjointed season, even for a number two seed. So I just I don't know. It just something tells me that the Chicago Bears are going to pull this one out. I mean, it's probably it, you know, I, like I said, it wouldn't. wouldn't it's it's possible. Uh, I just I think I remember a Saints team that played a Bucks team that was on fire on Sunday night, and everybody everybody picked the Bucks, and the Saints destroyed them. That pass defense was on point. That pass that pass defense was ranked number one in the league until about week I don't know week twelve week thirteen. Uh, they fall off a little bit towards the end. They have the ability to shut people down, and you don't need a whole lot of ability to shut Mitchell Trubisky down. This team can get it done. If everything comes together, the Saints are dangerous. I do agree. There's always a lot of ifs when it comes to teams like that. Which isn't Kansas City where it's like, oh, Patrick Mahomes wakes up and walks on the field. they got a good chance of winning. This is a team that Drew Brees is a little bit older. Michael Thomas hasn't been healthy this year. Alvin Kamara, who knows if he's going to be 100%. You know, you got some some defensive players banged up. So I mean, it, it, there's a lot of ifs. I'm I'm banking my Saints predictions mm-hmm. on the fact they get it all together and all those players come back. If not, you could definitely be right on that. All right, now the number three, Seattle Seahawks against um, the Jared Goff led Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, I don't know. Although the way they were talking up his backup the other day, this guy's the greatest thing. Wolford? I mean, whatever his name is, I guess I guess the kid was like, I don't know, working at a mutual fund like three weeks ago or right. something, and, and now he's starting quarterback for the Rams. Nothing against him. Good for him. You know, living his dream, getting a chance to do something he wasn't expecting. I'm not trying to knock him, but the way the broadcasters were talking, this kid's literally Tom Brady 2.0. Is it? They won 18-7 uh, last week. Yeah, I mean, they won on that on the back of that defense, and the fact Kyler Murray had a mystery injury. Uh, I only say mystery injury because he sat there and watched his team not do anything for two quarters and then decided to get back in the game. That's weird. So the whole situation was very weird. And they're sitting at home watching the playoffs because they couldn't get their crap together. As an aside, if so so the Rams took the approach. They, they, they had Jared Goff go under surgery. Right. Which, okay. I can understand if you felt that was need, and and not right now he's a gamble. But they went into a playoff atmosphere against the Cardinals, and they prepped the entire week for Wolford, the entire week, game plan, everything. So, and then the Cardinals went into the week. Kyler Murray's iffy that knee. We're not sure. Oh, he's in a play, and it's like less than a quarter, and then. The kid comes. I don't know who he is. Do you think it would have been a different turnout? Would we be talking about the Cardinals? Had they decided, Kyler's not going to play. We're going to go with this kid. Give him a full week of practice with the ones. You never know. I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, based on look, without knowing without knowing Kyler was going to play or not, you know that backup got some first team reps, right? And he looked awful. awful. He was bad. I don't know if you how much of the game you actually got to watch. I got to watch. I I did not see anything in that kid that made me think they had any chance to win that game. Not against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and that defense. 
Kyler Murray's in there healthy, different story. Kyler Murray went healthy, and he's he's shown his age and immaturity at times this season. I still think he's a future MVP, and he has all the ability in the world, and you just have to get some things straight, which a lot of players do. Look at Josh, the difference in Josh Allen from year two to year three. So, no, I don't. I don't. I don't know if they score a point with that backup, and if Kyler Murray's not in there at all, to tell you the truth. So, I don't think that changes anything. So, with that being said, do the Rams have a chance? Ah, uh, look. We all started the first five or six weeks of the season mm-hmm. saying. This is Russell Wilson's year. Russell Wilson's MVP. Russell Wilson, you know, never gotten a, a first place MVP vote, and that's a sham. And this is it. This is his year. We've all we all decided after five weeks, six weeks, that Russell Wilson would just walking, you know, walking the dog around the uh, the MVP award, and that was it. And then the same thing that seems to happen to the Seahawks happened to the Seahawks. You know, they get banged up a little bit, and they don't have their starters in, and they can't seem to put a team on the field that can get the job done. They lost to a very poor Giants team, uh, a game they should have won, and had they have won it, they'd probably be the one seed right now. Uh, I'm not positive on that, but I know there was a three-way scenario with them in in, in, um, New Orleans going into uh, the last week of the season. But this is – Russell Wilson has to win this game. Russell Wilson is a highly paid quarterback. Russell Wilson is constantly talked up as being elite and one of the best, and I agree that he is. But at some point, you got to continue to prove it when it matters most, and that's the playoffs. You cannot go in against the defense you've proved you can score against when their offense, even look, even if Goff's back, that offense hasn't been great. That offense has struggled all year to be consistent, and Goff has hand surgery on his throwing hand. Do you think he's going to come back after one week with stitches in it and be able to, you know? Hit thirty or forty yard passes down the sideline without a problem. He has struggled. He has trouble doing that without without stitches in his finger. So, you know, I know Seattle's defense had struggled earlier in the year, but they've really solidified over the last you know four to six weeks. They've been much much better. Jamal Adams has shown he's the player they actually traded for. Right, yeah. and I think if he actually played the entire season at the way he ended the year, he'd be an MVP or uh, excuse me, Defensive Player of the Year candidate without a doubt. So if you, you the Rams go into Seattle, and Seattle knows, hey, all they got is the running game, and they can shut that down. There is no excuse why this game isn't over halfway through the third quarter after three quarters. There's no way. Russell Wilson's a franchise quarterback. He's paid like a franchise quarterback. There's every excuse in Seattle except blaming him every single year. At some point, if you're the guy you got to step up and get it done. I love Russell Wilson. He's phenomenal. But you got to do it on the field. And I think you're right about Russ. He got to the – it almost seems like he got to the Buffalo game, and that was the pinnacle of the season. Yeah. He had 390 yards. He had two two interceptions, but he had two touchdowns. Uh, he had a rushing touchdown. They they lost by 10, but it seemed like that was the pinnacle. He didn't pass for more than 263 yards the rest of the season. And his best performance touchdown-wise was against the Jets. 
So, yeah, he started off hot. And if it wasn't for that, it wasn't for that um, Jets four touchdown game, he wouldn't have cracked 40 touchdowns. 40 touchdowns. No. He barely cracked 4,000. And if I, we dug into the numbers, he probably has a lot more attempts and completions than than Aaron Rodgers. We know he doesn't have a higher as higher rating. He has two rushing touchdowns. It started off hot for Russ, and it cooled off very quickly. And that could be a number of factors. It could be the run game, as typical. The run game just oh, yeah. can't produce enough, can't stay healthy. Now he's going in with a healthy stable of running backs. So if this, if there's a season where Russ is not going to rely on an ungodly defense to win him a Super Bowl, and he performed in his uh, winning Super Bowl, but he had a epic defense. This will be the season for him to perform and not, I don't want to say turtle under pressure, but not be overcome by a greater quarterback or greater quarterback performance like he did in his other Super Bowl appearance against Tom Brady, where he made the one mistake and Tom did not. In fairness, when it comes down to a battle of great quarterbacks, that's often what happens, or great performances at least, because I remember, remember the Eagles Super Bowl with the Patriots. Yep. Foles and Brady were just lighting it up, and Brady had that, that, that strip sack fumble recovery by the Eagles, and that was the one mistake that either made really all game. Maybe there were some interceptions, but that was the one big one. That often comes down to that. I mean, I know we're kind of getting we're kind of getting off the uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, point yeah. here, but that's okay. Like whatever, it's you know it, it is relevant to the game. Um, I think the Seahawks win this game because Russ, look, Russ, he, he has to do this. Yeah. If you're facing a team that's had trouble scoring, that the Rams are a very good defense. Well, let's the other day, like they weren't exactly facing Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees. They were facing a combination of a really poor backup quarterback for the Cardinals and a very clearly injured and hindered Kyler Murray. It's it's not like they went out there. And it beat prime Peyton Manning. Like let's let's yeah. let's be real about this. If Russell can't get it done in this game, with the talent he has at receiver, his running backs, the defense playing the way they're playing, maybe we got to take him down a step. Maybe he's just not in that elite level consistently. There's a possibility. He has not. He's not proven it since he had an elite defense. He has turtled under pressure in big games. I just call it like I see it, and I'm a fan of his, but it's it's what happened. When I spoke about him being that next, when, when Tom and, and Drew and even Phillip Rivers, for the, uh, to a lesser degree, move on you know, with their retirement, he's that next player that's going to be the top echelon. He might have been passed. He might have been passed by multiple, not just Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen might be passing him. So, you could see the next, you know, you could see uh, who knows what you're going to get with, you know, Burrow and, and Herbert. And, you know, those guys obviously aren't anywhere near Russell yet as far as legacy and everything goes. But, I mean, yeah, you could just skip right from the generation now to those guys yeah. and kind of leave him behind. I mean, it's – it's he's, he's very good. quickly coming in danger of being Matt Ryan. He's good. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a that's actually a, an apt description. He could become Matt Ryan, who just went from 
ascending to plateaued. And, and just kind of stayed there. And just stayed there. Which Never. is fine. Made a lot of money. Had a really nice career. Absolutely. You know, took care of his family. Like, there's nothing nothing wrong with that. But we, you kind of got to start taking him out of that rarefied air if he can't get the job done when it matters most. And I'm just wondering if there's a commonality there. Um, you go against a Belichick-led Patriots in the Super Bowl, and you get your heart ripped out, and then you're never the same. I don't know about that. No? Nah. I don't know. A little bit of stretch? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well... This one's going to be an interesting one, Chris. Yeah, we actually disagree on this one. We do. So. Um, the number four seed. Winners of the most horrendous division. The Washington football team. Against the five seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, you buried the lead. The worst division in NFL history. Not just not just this year. I, I, I was going to say that. And I'm like, wait a minute. I need to check the numbers. Because against that, what was, I don't remember what year it was but that was that AFC West team was awful um but the the Bucks have Tom Brady that is a fact I really I didn't I know nobody mentioned that yet this year <laughs> no okay everyone Tom Brady is on the Buccaneers um I just look at it in this perspective Tom's I think Tom's got one more performance in him. It's against the Washington football team. Nothing against them. He's just gonna go out and perform. He's gonna He's gonna put everything he's got left on this unfortunately in this game. Yes. Want a little bit of breaking news? Yeah. Uh Nick Casario hired as new Houston Texans GM as of a few moments ago. Oh good luck, Nick. Yeah, have fun down there. Um first round picks? Uh, not yet. Um, and I, I like what the Washington football team's doing. I like what they're building, and obviously they need to uh, figure out their quarterback position at some juncture this offseason. I just think there's too many weapons for Tampa Bay to not win this game and not overcome a very good defense. All right, so here's the thing. It's no secret I've been a, a little, a little, a little bitter, salty uh, on Brady. Not because he left. I was cool when he left. I understood that, and I was actually really glad the Patriots. Uh, you know, I've said this before. Yeah, they had a bad year this year. Everyone's having fun jumping on them. Everyone's having fun burying them. Woohoo! Jump around. Patriots aren't in the playoffs. Have your moment. Enjoy it. Whatever. And who knows? Maybe it may last. However. Now they have the highest draft pick they've had in know, 10, 12 years, I believe. Uh, they have quite a few draft picks, and they'll be picking early in each round, so or middle of each round. And they're going to have the third highest amount of cap space with quite a few talented skill position players left. Yeah, they need to rebuild, but they have the money to rebuild, and they have the minds in place to do that. So I'm pretty glad they didn't use up the entirety of their cap space on a 43-year-old quarterback who wasn't sure he wanted to even be there. My saltiness came from how he acted after he left, which was did nothing but take shots at him, did nothing but say how miserable he was there. Oh, my God, it was the worst thing in the world playing for a strict coach who helped me become one of the greatest ever. Not just Belichick. Brady's got immense talent. 
a lot of that was Tom Brady. A lot of that was game plan and Bill Belichick. Everyone seems to have forgotten that. I know I'm getting off the topic, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of years Brady didn't put up huge numbers, and the defense carried him. A lot of years Brady put up huge numbers and carried the defense. So, you know, it was give and take. But, you know, let's let's just see what next year brings. Enjoy it now. That's all I'll say. I'll say the same thing to Tom Brady. Enjoy it now because when you play Washington – you're going to face the one thing that has consistently given you problems throughout your entire career. Your Hall of Fame greatest of all time career, and I don't argue that, the one thing that has put you in your place has been a a good defensive line with corners that can cover when you make bad throws. Chase Young and that defensive line are going to pressure the hell out of Brady. This isn't an Aaron Rodgers who actually can run down the field with some, you know, some, you know, level of competence. He's not, you know, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he can move. Brady can move in the pocket. Brady can't move up up the field anymore. Uh, <laughs> Chase Young and that defense are going to give him fits. Yeah, he's going to get his shots in too. The Bucks aren't going to get shut out. They're going to score. That matters even more that he's going to be pressured because it looks like Mike Evans may not play this game. Yeah. no, Nobody's come out and said that, but he hyperextended his knee the other day, a couple of days ago. That's not something a wide receiver can just get over in five or six days. Even if he plays, he's going to be drastically less than his normal uh, ability level. And when you have Brady, who's going to be pressured all game, and linebackers in the secondary that can force you to make mistakes or take advantage of the mistakes the line line forces, excuse me, it's going to be a long day for Tom Brady. This is not going to be a Tom Brady walk in the park where he throws for 400 yards and five touchdowns. They're going to pressure him. Now, it may not matter if Washington can't score. So, I mean, what's going to have to happen the, the football team's going to have to get up early. They're going to have to force Brady to make a mistake, a pick six, a fumble recovery, maybe a special team's return for a touchdown. Uh, it's not likely maybe Alex Smith hits a long offensive play and they you know they get one in the end zone on their first drive. Force Brady to have to get out of his comfort zone and make him move around. That's how you've always stopped him. Mm-hmm. If you just rush from the outside and you let him just stand in the pocket, he'll pick you apart. It'll be over by halftime. Tom Brady will be sitting there drinking a water bottle by halfway through the third quarter, and it won't even be a ball game. And this great story of Ron Rivera and Alex Smith will be over in less than one game. Chase Young can do what Chase Young can do. He can pressure Brady the way he's talking like he wants to. Washington can beat the Bucs. There's been some games this year they looked really good. There's been some games they looked abysmal. And when Brady is pressured, he does not make good choices. Washington wins this game in a very close one. I got, I got Tampa Bay taking the victory on this one. So, all right, as we break this down, I have the two-seed Buffalo Bills facing the three-seed Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, you differ. Um, you have the Cleveland Browns. I had the Browns facing the Chiefs. And I got the, you know, I, 
The Browns are a nice story, but the Chiefs win that game. <coughs> and I have um, the Bills defeating the Steelers. I just think that's that's a no-brainer. They're um, clearly better at this point than the uh, Steelers, no doubt. I have the one-seed Chiefs going up against the four-seed Tennessee Titans. And in that one, I have the Kansas City Chiefs um, handling them again. So your AFC championship is Kansas City and Buffalo. Correct. Okay. Well, I have the Chiefs, like I said, beating the Browns. And I have the Bills gaining a measure of revenge for the Music City Miracle and beating the Tennessee Titans. There you go. Uh, And I, too, have the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills in the AFC championship game. So on the NFC, I have the one-seed Packers. Mm Mm-hmm. Going against the Washington football team. Like I said, the Packers football team winning against the Bucs is a nice story. They're facing an entirely different animal, an entirely differently built offense in Green Bay. Green Bay wins that game handily. So I messed up on my matchups. Right. I should actually have uh, the Packers facing the Bears. And the Seahawks face the Bucks. Okay. Regardless, my prediction still stays the same. Packers. Packers will beat the Bears. Um, and I will have the Seahawks beating the Bucks. I'll have to make that switch. Um, it's just a, a small change I'll have to make. But regardless, both, I still have the same teams winning. Yeah, Packers, Seahawks. Pack, and, Packers, Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. Okay, well, I got the Saints. The two-seed Saints beating the three-seed Seahawks. I have the Packers and the Saints in the NFC Championship game. So, we both have the same AFC Championship game. Do we have the same result? We do. No, we don't. We do we not. Do, we do not. We do not. No, that's right. We do not. Who do you have? I have the Chiefs. I have the Bills. I know they played earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. It was a really... Really messy game weather-wise, uh, it, it, and it was also odd because some of the teams were uh, – I think it was a Monday or a Tuesday afternoon because it was one of the games that was delayed because of COVID and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, for the sake of everybody involved, this is a standard Sunday game <laughs> and they're able to actually get the full week of practice in and play. I just think I have seen few teams as on fire – and just clicking on all cylinders, like I've seen the Bills' offense over the past couple of weeks. They put their backups in against Miami. A Miami had their starting defense in that had to win that game, and they still put up just as many points as the starters did. I mean, this Bills' defense, or excuse me, this Bills' team in general is dangerous, very dangerous. I think they go into Kansas City and they pull off the upset because let's not forget, there's been times this year where the Chiefs have looked human for periods of time. And then, you know, Patrick Mahomes jumps in the phone booth. But, look, if they're down by 30, going into the second half, that's going to be really hard to come back for them. So, they can't have one of those slow starts that they had against the Patriots like they had against the uh, the, the Raiders the first time they played them. Like they had against the, uh, uh, the Chargers. They got to come out full, you know, all systems go, you know, just throwing the ball downfield. Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. Who knows if they're going to be able to run the ball either? Clyde Edwards Hilaire may still be here. I don't know what his status is. Who knows if he they plays? Can't run the ball, period. If they don't have him, Le'Veon Bell is not Le'Veon Bell. He wasn't Pittsburgh. I don't know 
what the hell. I, I do not know what's going on with him. It's going to be real hard for them to run the ball. If they can't run the ball and they get off to a slow start, Bills are still clicking. Bills go to the Super Bowl. You know who was huge last year for the Kansas City Chiefs? It was um, Jamal Williams? No, Daryl. Uh, no. No, yeah, Jamal Williams. It wasn't Jamal. No? No. There, there was someone huge. For yeah, he was the guy who should have won the Super Bowl MVP. Yes. I can't remember his name. I apologize. But Damien? Damien. Damien Williams, yeah. Damien Williams. Who I don't think I think he opted out. He opted out because of COVID, yeah. That was instrumental in him being some importance in the offense to keep at that time. I think it was uh the Titans game. Um Titans game in the championship game? Yes. Yeah. I don't have a great memory, so it's all right. I got you. You're useful in this instance. Um, I think it was key for him to be the running game to actually have some existence. Where I see this year, and it's it's also problematic with the Steelers, as we've highlighted many times this year. They have nothing as far as running. Is it the end all be all? No, but to your point, maybe that inconsistency that we've seen this year. With the Chiefs is that fact that they can't run the ball consistently. You saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at the beginning of the season for, what, two, three weeks? He was hot, and then all of a sudden shut down. Yeah, I thought he'd be a much bigger impact than he was. So I'm still going with the Chiefs because I think you still have that. They're the Kansas City Chiefs. They can drop 28 points like that in uh, in a quarter. But – if I look at that Kansas City Chiefs Titans game that I'm predicting for the second round, and it's a close game, and they're going back and forth, and the Kansas City Chiefs edge it out, and I don't see that ability to drop 14, 21 points, just like nothing, and it's the Buffalo Bills coming to Arrowhead. Yeah, that'd be a real concern. And I would look seriously at the Buffalo Bills as a true contender to beat them in Arrowhead, which would be a big deal. I think it'd be a bigger deal with a stadium full of fans. But, They're gonna have some. But yeah, they'll have some. They've had they've had increasing numbers all year, so I'm still gonna go with the Chiefs though. All right, NFC. I have the Packers and the Saints. You have the Packers and the uh Seahawks, right? Correct. So right, who you got? Aaron Rodgers and the Packers will beat the Seahawks. I just – Russ has been inconsistent this year. And the running game isn't where it usually is for the for the Seahawks. And I know that's usually good in this time of the year, but when they're running good, and I mean – Offensively, when they're running good, the running game is performing well. And it's just, I don't know what it is about the Seahawks since, like I pointed out, the, um, what was that, that middle game? Oh, the Buffalo Bills game. They just aren't the same. They still have DK Metcalf. They still have Tyler Lockett. Yeah, they have all their players, though, yeah. They have all the players that they need. Russ has not been injured all season long, yet. Something's wrong. And right now, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are on. God, it's a video game. I, I don't it's know. Ridiculous. What, I, I don't. It's like Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what it is. 
you can't cover him. So, and Aaron Jones is playing well. He had another good game. You're getting some contributions from other receivers, not what you would want, but you're getting some. And Robert Tanya is actually having a pretty good season at tight end. So, I just see them outdueling the Seahawks. I, I just, and I think that that weird that weird defense that they've been playing all season. I understand you said that they, they were playing better this half of the season, but it's just it sticks it sticks in me that for the longest time they were like ranked. 30th, yeah, they were not 31st yeah, they were awful. in pass yeah. defense. Pass defense, where I've talked up, not Trey Davies White, uh, Shaquille, uh, Shaquille Griffin as like one of the top. Jamal Adams? And Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs. It's like you had this bolstered secondary and you're one of the worst secondaries in the league. Like that's concerning. So what are you? Yeah. All right, for me, I just I just made some changes. Yeah, um, I, I had look. I had the, uh, the the New Orleans Saints winning this game against the Packers in the NFC Championship, going to the Super Bowl. Drew Brees wins the Super Bowl. It was the Saints rides off into the sunset, retires. Woohoo! This isn't a movie. This is real life. And when it comes to playing the Packers in Lambeau Field in late January. It's probably just going to be snowing because it's Lambeau in late January. Drew Brees is not the best away from home. He's had some home road splits. This is a big game. I don't care if he has everybody back. If he has Kamara and Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas, the final of this game could be an astronomical point total. There's just no way with that Green Bay running game, as hot as Rodgers has been at home, that he doesn't win this. Packers win the NFC. They beat the Saints. They go on to play the Bills in the Super Bowl. Wow. All right, Super Bowl, who we got? Who do we got? So, I'm still torn. I know I've been thinking about this through both episodes. I've taken all the information in. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to pull this off. Okay. I feel like it. it's, it's one factor. I don't see any form of a running game coming from the Kansas City Chiefs at all. Even with the, we know what Lev Bell can do. And we've seen what Clyde Edwards Hilaire did at the beginning of the season. But they haven't done anything at all this season, especially in the back end of the back half of the season. It's been the passing game pass, 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 pass. The Green Bay Packers are a complete offense. They yeah, have, yeah. They have by far, and he came out and said that he's the best receiver in the league. I, I laughed when I first heard it. Devontae Adams? Yeah, this was yeah, weeks no. ago. This was weeks weeks ago. I laughed. I'm like, what? He's coming out saying he's the – Um. sorry. I, I retract that statement, that laughter. Yeah. I, I really can't – I when we, when we sit down, we're going to do our top tens this offseason, the usual – quarterbacks, running backs, it's going to be hard to push Devontae Adams off the number one. Well, the guy had 17 touchdowns. He didn't play two full games and part of another one. 
And then he wasn't even playing in some of the games they were so far ahead because they were so far ahead and they wanted to save him. This guy's a video game. His stats are ridiculous. And and is it a mystery where Aaron's going to go a lot of the time? No. There's been time. If you watch this guy, I saw this a couple weeks ago on Sunday Night Football. I couldn't believe it. He doesn't even use his hands when he comes off the line. Doesn't use his hands. There's no danger of him getting tangled up with anybody. He has such good footwork. He just moves, and he loses with his feet and moves loses defenders. There's no chance of offensive pass interference with this guy. There's no chance of offensive holding with this guy the way he plays. He has whatever it is to crack the code to be yeah. as, as sure, uh, a guarantee, as close to a guarantee as you possibly can as a receiver. This guy's found it. He's insane. Like I, I, I don't know. There's nobody better right now. I liken it to this. Mario Norbert's cutter. You knew it was coming. He could tell you where he's going to put it. Did it mean you were going to hit it? No. No. You know where Aaron Rodgers is going to go a lot of the times. Doesn't mean you can cover him. Doesn't mean you can cover Devontae Adams. I I just think this is this is the time. This is a moment where Green Bay can take advantage of the fact that as as good of a team the Kansas City Chiefs are, they're missing a piece. And I think that could be very important in this game. Having Aaron Jones, who is respectable, maybe even top tier of running backs in the league. Oh, I guess dude, I've been a huge I've been a huge critic of Aaron Jones over this first first couple of years. Until last year, he started really turning the corner. He is a complete back. He can run. He can catch. He, he absolutely, to me, upper echelon of running backs. Right. Abs- hands down. The guy has totally proven me wrong. All right, for me, yep. Bills and Saints. Bills and Saints. I still have my old uh, my old running down. Mm-hmm. Bills and Packers. In the Super Bowl, I go Bills. Oh, I know we just, the curse. I know we just said. But uh, Chris Berman's finally going to be right. Um, Aaron circles the wagons like the Buffalo. <laughs> look, the, fi- the final of this game might be 105 to 104. That'd be interesting. Uh, Rodgers has like 2,400 yards passing or something. But I, I just think, look, Rodgers and Adams have are, are the best receiver quarterback duo in, in football right now. And you could, you could throw Mahomes and Tyreek Hill in there, absolutely. Uh, and... I would argue, however, over the past six weeks, just as dominant, just as intimidating is Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is not the pure receiver that Devontae Adams is. I'm not saying that. It's the combination. The guy gets open. And I think the underneath talent for the Bills is better than it is for the Packers. Alan Lazard's a fine, a fine receiver. Uh, and, and, you know, we both are big fans of uh, Marquez Vontez Scantling, although Aaron Rodgers doesn't seem to be. So he throws to him like four times a year. The Bills will throw to John Brown. The Bills will throw to Cole Beasley. They'll throw to the tight ends. They'll throw to the receivers. And, I mean, he will – I mean, Rodgers will throw to Aaron Jones too. I just think the more complete receiving game from top to bottom mm-hmm. between those two teams is Buffalo. Obviously, it's top-heavy with Devontae Adams, and he's number one for sure. I just think the Bills, this is just the Bills' year. They have been teams they played the first time, and they played close. Look, the Patriots almost beat them the first time. Yeah. 
they had they had the tying field goal. They were in field goal range, and and Cam was running downfield before he errantly held that ball, and he got you know he got the he fumbled it, and the Bills ended up recovering and winning the game. Miami played them real hard the first time. They destroyed the Patriots and the Dolphins the second time around. That destroys a, a kind. It's a kind word. It wasn't even close. Like they could have they could have put up seventy on the Dolphins the other day, and they could have put up way more on the Patriots than they did when they, when they played them last. This is a scary team right now. I have not seen them look bad all year. The only reason that they lost any time in the last couple of months is a Kyler Murray Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins. One of the most miraculous plays you're ever going to see. That's the only reason they finished the year 13-3 and and not 14-2 and was that DeAndre Hopkins miraculous catch. That's it. This team has been on a roll, and not that the Packers haven't. There's just something different about this Bills team, and I think if they make it to the Super Bowl, that match is going to roll over. It's going to be a hell of a game. Packers-Bills in the Super Bowl is going to be a hell of a matchup. And you have you know, your Bills faithful who have been just dying for this since the early to mid-90s. Well, they went to four straight. Didn't win any. Lost yeah. four straight. So um, I can understand that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And then, you know, they were pretty mediocre for a while, and then they were good, and then they were not, and then they were, and then they weren't, but they weren't ever what they are now. What they are now, they can maintain this, is an elite NFL team. And I think the biggest factor for them is what we typically talk about with the Buffalo Bills is that they start to lose a couple guys here and there, and – they lose a couple games and they can't recover. And then they lose a couple more guys. And then it's just, yeah, we competed for about six, seven weeks with the Patriots. And then we fell off and we're seven and nine, six and 10. And that's the same thing every year was. Right. And then all of a sudden, Sean McDermott comes in, he starts bringing in people, starts filtering out the old, not old, but you know, the, the talent from the previous regime. And then, they invest in Josh Allen and they're like, let's build around Josh Allen. Let's give him pieces. Let's give him Cole Beasley. Let's let's draft some tight ends. Let's draft back to back years running backs. And oh, by the way, let's let's roll the dice. Let's give up a first round pick for Stefan Diggs. And now worked out pretty good. Now we're seeing actually worked out pretty good for both teams. Oh yeah. Bills get Diggs uh and uh Vikings get Jefferson. So. I mean it's not it's not a bad deal. No. I just, I just wonder if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I look at this as our opportunity. And I know they're not going to squander it because I, I think they're going to make it all the way to the AFC Championship game. I know you have them in the Super Bowl winning. I think this is – this might be their – I hate to put it to them. This might be their open, win, uh, open door, and it might close very quickly. Cause yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm still not 100% sold on Josh Allen yet. Oh, dude, see, I am. I think he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. He made every every criticism I had of him last year, he improved drastically. I think I think they got their franchise guy there. I think this run would convince me. I think a run to the AFC Championship game would convince me. Well, get ready to not only be impressed, get ready to be convinced because <laughs> the Buffalo Bills are winning the Super Bowl. There we go. All right, that going to wrap it up. Uh, one slight announcement. What's that? Uh, we have a congratulations to another person, uh, Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of the University of Alabama. 
won the Heisman Trophy. Oh, the poor guy gets get ruined by a terrible NFL team next year. <laughs> well, congratulations and condolences to you, sir, on your fine accomplishment. <laughs> so, with that bit of uh, unfortunate news for that gentleman, we are going to wrap up our bonus episode 2020 NFL playoff breakdown special. Wow, I'm glad I don't have to say that more than once. Uh, as always, have any questions or comments on this episode? Ben and I would love to hear from you. And Ben, where can they get in touch with us? Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Or the website, bctspod.com. Thank you so much once again for all the support. If you enjoy the show, please uh, leave a rating and a review if you feel so inclined. Maybe tell a friend and help us spread the word. It would mean a lot to us. But until next time, for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you right back here. Wednesday. Thank you.